Cautious Show with Coach Gary Anderson. Brought to you by America First Credit Union. Financial solutions for every need. Bryant Heating and Cooling. Whatever it takes. SC Needham Jewelers. Where Utah gets engaged. And by Wingers. They're freaking amazing. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerrard. And welcome on in. It's the first of the Gary Anderson Coaches Show right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. I'm Scott Gerard, and we are ready to get this thing going for week number one, Utah State heading back east for a showdown against Wake Forest. we got a busy show for you coming up. Uh, we're going to hear from Jacoby Wildman. Also, Taylor Compton will join us coming up here in just a moment. But we are live here at Wingers uh, right in the Cache Valley Mall. Stop by. We've got all kinds of great things going on right now. New Wingers Restaurant in El House. Uh, you've got uh, all kinds of great food. you got 20 beers on draft and uh, ready to go. Plus, you've got the uh, the amazing wings as well. So get down here. Uh, we'll be doing it every – normally we'll be doing it every Thursday, but because of the game on Friday, we start things off on Wednesday. But, Coach, it's, uh, it's a pleasure and honor welcoming you on back. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's exciting, huh? Yeah. Finally, finally able to play a game, and I uh, still got my camp voice a little bit, so uh, That's I apologize. All right. That's all right. So, you know, you, uh, you and I talked a little earlier in the week, um, and, and just heads up, I'll probably repeat some questions, so I apologize in advance. But um, what's it like? I mean, you've been doing this a while. What's it like that week before the season starts? I mean, butterflies, jitters, what's it like as a coach? Yeah, it's a little bit of all that for yeah. sure. Um, you know, just the unknowns. The first game you tried to put the kids in every situation and just see it was Wake Forest going to be different tweaks and they're going to run their same offense, but what are they going to do? What are they going to do on defense? It's going to be different. And uh, with as many new kids as we have, putting them in that position, it's really important, I think, to let these kids understand that even though they may have not played or started in a Division One football game, they really have yeah. because that's what the spring game is. That's what scrimmages are. That's practice. We make practice harder by position groups and the drills that they go through. It's harder than the game. So uh, you try to calm them that way, and, uh, you know, sooner or later you, you got to open up the uh, – the door and let them run. Yeah. So it's that, that, that point now. They need to go out and play, and we still have some polishing to do tomorrow morning and keep it moving. But it's a, it, it's an uneasy time for sure as a coach. There's no doubt. Overall, you you pleased with how camp went? I am. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you more on uh, you know Saturday morning. There how you pleased go. I am with camp. But I, I yeah. thought that they came together as a team. Um, I thought they practiced well against each other as far as working to keep each other healthy as much as you possibly can, which is usually a really good sign of a team that cares about each other. Um, you know, they were attentive. I can't look back and say there's one day we just had a, a really bad practice. Um, some are always better than others. Um, you know, and it was back and forth in camp. There was offensive days, there was defensive days, and there was kind of even days. So, uh, you know, they worked hard. Football means a lot to them, um, playing well in front of uh, their fans when they're at home and playing while they're on the road. It, it means a lot to these kids, and you're going to get all they got, I promise you that much. You know, when uh, you know, you've come into situations, Utah State the first time, uh, some of the other stops you went where, you know, you, you wonder how the players will embrace you and your staff. How do you think that's gone for this, for this group? Uh, probably should ask them that more yeah. than us. Uh, but, I, but I think it's really gone well. You, know, you go through a, a transformation, and there, there was some familiarity when we walked into the – Obviously, into the the team from the very beginning, um, but not for all not for all of them. Um, 
And so I think that helped. You know, Chasen, my youngest boy, was really just kind of a year removed. And so uh, he uh, he was around him a little bit. It gave me a little bit of some knowledge on some kids. And I think keeping Frank and keeping Stacy involved was really a key part of that to be able to help them understand where we're going. But it still takes, you know, through spring ball to start to get those relationships of trust. You can say anything when you walk in the door. But it's what you're all about three or four months later when some kids go through some good times, some bad times, some okay times. Are we going to help them academically? Are we really going to, you know, help them with with the nutrition, weight room guys, how are they? So uh, I think the, the the it's been good. It's been good overall, and I feel about where we are as a staff. But, uh, again, it'll be interesting to see what the kids say. I know you do have to be a little coy about this, but overall, health-wise, how do you think your team is right now? We're in good health. You know, I think we uh, – went through camp and a lot of that credit goes to Mike and his staff in the training room and Lori down in the training room they do such a great job and you know Coach Hicks and his crew did a great job during the summer and those guys always work well together with the doctors the training room it's as good as I've ever been around as far as their ability to be able to communicate with each other and a kid will go from rehab and then hop back into the weight room and they, they communicate they talk and having Lori Olson down there for us is, is absolutely huge um, just you know to, to help in the rehab process and we come call it uh, sometimes we call it prehab to prevent rehab and yeah. uh, I think our kids have bought into that too and uh, but we're, we're about as healthy as you could ask um, coming out of camp so how long have you been in game prep mode for Wake Forest since the last was last week Wednesday when we scrimmaged um, so we had Wednesday Thursday Friday basketball or Thursday Friday Saturday last week if I remember the calendar right this seems like a, a month ago now uh, but we got some good work last week and uh, worked up through Saturday with those kids and then on Sunday they had off and we came back and then we've had this week so we definitely got a couple three extra days and there's there's a lot of carryover to the offense too um, not so much really in the run game but in the throw game there's carryover so when we go against each other we try to you know spend a lot of time with good on good and trying to simulate what Wake Forest does and uh, you know what we do whether it's offense versus defense or whatever maybe from a physicality standpoint though I know that uh you know, from Kyle Whittingham to Ron McBride. I mean, those camps have always been crazy physical. I mean, did you did you feel like you, you worked your guys over pretty good? Yeah, that was a, uh, a big emphasis for us. You know, we want to be obviously a team that goes fast. We want to be able to team that can do all those things on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, there's, there's going to be times uh, – quite frankly, to put yourself into play meaningful games year in and year out in November, you're going to have to be able to run the ball effectively and physically. So, you know, we, uh, it was a very physical camp, yeah. not just from a blocking and a, a shedding blocks or taking on blocks in the line of scrimmages and in the, the nine on nines and the run drills and everything. But it was, uh, we tackled a lot too. And, and I really hope that shows up in the game because we're playing against some skilled kids, ACC kids um, that have had some success at the receiver position. And we're going to have to tackle well. If we tackle poor, it'll be a long day on defense but we we did tackle quite a bit so i would say it was definitely a physical camp does that change kind of from year to year based on who you have and who you're comfortable with based on kind of the physicality of, of how you set the tone during each camp no doubt yeah it did absolutely does and you know two years from now we may not have to be that physical with the offensive line but yeah. we may have to be that physical with the defensive line and we felt like this year you know this d line probably could have handled not being as physical but they all didn't have spring ball so they came back for spring ball or for fall camp and they needed to be physical because they didn't get spring in the offensive line. You know, uh, four new starters, they have to be physical. They have to play that way, and it's really good for the young backs or the new backs.
fullbacks like Jalen, like Riley, like Chase, who didn't play that position last year, and Enoch. All yeah. those guys have not really played in the scheme at the running back position, so they need to see the physicality so they can know where those creases are going to be and hit it. And also the speed of the game, too, because I'm sure you know a lot of people watched Utah State last year that you're recruiting and saw that pace and know that, know that Mike Sanford wants to continue with that same level of pace. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of players that say they want to play in that style of offense, but then when they realize the kind of work that has to go into being able to play that with that kind of pace, it's probably a, it's probably a, the effort's got to be through the roof. Uh, COC was a perfect example of that. You know, COC's played a lot of Division One football, and so COC came out on the first day of camp. was like, Coach, you told me it was fast, but you didn't tell me it was a track meet. And, <laughs> you know, we actually go faster in practice than you could possibly go in a football game yeah. for the most part, which has been, you know, which has been really good for us. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's fast-paced, but I, I do really, truly believe you get in those situations. We need to make sure we work hard to improve in, in red zone. When red zone hasn't been a racetrack to get to the red zone, the game slowed down. When you're backed up, the game slowed down. We have to be able to make those plays. And it's really good for Jordan to focus on making those plays when it's not just trying to get people out of position and run down the field. Jordan Love taking ownership of this team as uh, obviously a guy that is getting a lot of national attention, a lot of recognition, and, and deservedly so. How do you think he's handling that? Unbelievably well. You know, we uh, we started discussing that way back when. I would say probably, uh, you know, during, during spring ball, we sat down, we communicated about things, and... Um, I will bet you that every day Jordan Love has probably 15 to 20 text messages from agents and people and so on and so forth that uh, shouldn't be even texting him or communicating with him. And, uh, you know, he'll handle it well. His family will handle it well. He'll communicate with myself and Coach Sanford as needed. It's, it's, it's nowhere where we haven't ever been before. So I think that's comforting for Jordan to understand that we've had kids in this position. Mike's had those kids numerous times. I've had those kids numerous times, um, which will help him be able to understand. Come and talk to us because, quite frankly, 99% of the guys that want to talk to him right now, well, they're the bottom feeders, right? They're the guys that don't matter. That's not the guys that Jordan Love wants to be talking to him when he does decide to go play in the NFL. Uh, he wants to get the cream of the crowd and right now those aren't the dudes who are trying to find him. And I think he gets that, understands it. He's a tremendous leader. He's even kill. He's worried about Utah State right now. He is not worried a bit about, you know, what's going to take place in his future. And and a lot of attention will come his way, and deservedly so. But a lot of uh, question marks on the guys that he's going to be throwing to. You mentioned COC. Uh, he and Caleb Rep, I know, have had a really tremendous camp for you. Yeah, Caleb's done a nice job. And, uh, you know, Carson, and, and th- those are two big – fast, physical, tough-minded kids, and they both want those reps. Uh, But Caleb's done a very nice job uh, coming in and understanding the offense. And and Carson's another example of, you know, he wasn't threatened by that, by Caleb. He was excited to have another guy that could be really good to help him go. And he felt that last year at the position, right? um, So that was was good. Uh, I expect big things from him, but, you know, you got to go out and play now. Having a good camp is one thing, and now going out and making plays on Saturdays or Fridays in this case is – is another part of it. I think he's ready to do that. Savon Scarver, an AP All-American, yes. as a kick returner. How's he developing as a wide receiver? Very, very well. You know, and I think he has a tremendous coach that's helped him grow and develop and let him understand that be careful, young man. Don't, you know, don't read all the, the press clippings about you. Yeah. Um, you did some tremendous things. You're a young player. 
don't get caught on yourself. And, and Savon really showed no signs of that to me. He just kept on grinding. And But you're alert for that as a coach. It uh, puts your antennas up, and you want to make sure that you're discussing those things. But uh, when Jason Thomas tells me he's very proud of the way the kid is pro- pro- as production as far as off the field, nutrition, taking care of his body, getting into the weight room, all those things that I don't see all the time that a position coach sees, and, and Jason Phillips tells me that, then I feel pretty good about it. And he's looked very good on the football field. He is a competitive young man three-headed horse at uh, running back, maybe even four. Yep, absolutely. You know, G. Bright's going to hop out there the first time. Jalen Warren will hop out there on the second time going through there, whenever that may be. Um, we'll roll those two through there. And, uh, you know, Enoch is a true freshman, right? So he's got we'd, – we'd love at the end of the year to be able to say we played Enoch some, but we kept his red shirt. Yep. That would be awesome. Um, Riley's right there, and Riley has his own skill set that he needs to be involved in that situation. Um, and then you got Chase, you know, Nelson, who can come in and do some things for you also. So there's a number of running backs there. It's going to be one and two is going to be bright and uh, and Jalen right now and we'll see how the other guys react when they get themselves in games. What is it about Jalen that's really allowed him to separate at that two spot? Well I think he's uh, every scrimmage he's been in he's better when when you want to tackle him yeah. and uh, he wants to get tackled. He's a very physical runner. Can you coach that or is I that just that you're born so. with that? No I don't think so. I, I think that's like saying you know I taught this guy to run the 40 really fast yeah, okay. or I made him a really good pass rusher. No you didn't. You know, yeah. Thank mom and dad for those those uh, special traits as yeah. they go through but you know he's got very good vision he's low center of gravity he's a one-cut guy and he's not afraid to you know put his face on you so it's going to be interesting to see when he gets against an ACC defense that uh, you know has played pretty well um, see how he can handle those guys on the defensive side obviously a lot of eyes on David Woodward but really like the depth you have at the defensive line I love it you know there's there's a lot of we'll, we'll play uh, up to six defensive tackles and and they all deserve to play some yeah. and there's not a gigantic separation of saying hey these guys are the guys you now defensive end is a little different teep is by far our guy right he's the guy that's going to be there and we're going to play him where we play him and let him go he'll still get some uh some time off as needed but he's kind of the energizer bunny we need him to play as many snaps as he possibly can play and still be full speed uh, but at the defensive end we'll kind of roll you know four or five of those guys through there also and it's it's been fun to watch those kids develop and uh, and figure out where they're going when you have an elite level pass rusher like uh how do you uh is it i mean it's got to be fun as a defensive coordinator i know you're working with justin quite a bit to try to be creative on ways you can use him to yeah. you know to hide him a little bit disguise him and uh, and be creative on on ways he can wreak some havoc in that backfield yeah it's it's been helpful for us to get justice and, and jacoby to play you know kind of on the other side and be ready to go they're yeah. in a good spot and then baker obviously is in a position to to back up Teepa there but you want to find a way to get Teepa involved you know we did some things during camp and there's a couple times you look at the film and you know we'll, we'll, we'll drop him out of there we'll move him off a little bit and do some different things to be creative with him but those as much as you can you want to put him in positions to be able to make plays and then creatively not let people scheme you every single week so he's not always just coming off the edge you got to get him in different spots especially in third down scenarios by the way i was talking to ron mcbride and he's been up there a lot and we were talking about nolly and some other guys he's like you know who you got to be paying attention to is 92 that's the guy who's going to yeah. separate that's the that's going to be a difference maker someday holly holly will be he's uh he's a tough-minded young man uh he's come a long long ways you know he 
Um, he'll be the first one to tell you he was he was a bit chubby in January to say the least, and uh, you know too much mac and cheese. Or happens the best. Of us. Yeah, all the all the the white rice and all that stuff <laughs> got him as he went through time. But he's he's dropped weight now. He's got a little bit of weight back on him, um, and it's good weight. And uh, it's going to be fun to see where he fits into it. He just needs to continually you know grow up and get into the spots. So when I say that, I don't mean that in a derogatory way at all. That's a positive thing to say because I'm I want him to take that next step on the field because he's really taking that next step off the field in a positive way i was uh you know i'm looking at you know you you release a two deep and you got five defensive backs and kind of a four two five uh situation and i was um reading a uh, story on um, gary patterson head coach at tcu and he mentioned in this day and age of college football we're now building defenses from the back to the front instead of front to back uh meaning that your your coverages now kind of dictate your personnel out on the field is that do you, do you buy into that yeah, I would, I would agree with that. You know, we, we used to play, uh, when you started, I don't know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when we were drawing up defenses against offenses, we started with two backs in the backfield and an anchor tight end, and away we went. Yeah. You, know, you don't even draw that up anymore. You, don't, you never go there. That's like a foreign territory. So that's like, that was like drawing up empty in those days. Yeah. Um, so now you're, you start with three wide receivers on the field and the tight end. Most of the time the tight end is not even on the ball yeah. or there's four wide receivers on the ball. So that forces you to get into basically a nickel package, and uh, that's what most people are playing that's what we're playing you got the 4d lineman you got the three three corners basically on the field two backers and your two safeties and uh so it's uh it's definitely evolved we always carried a nickel package with us um you know and back in the day when the people used to play slow we would go into a game with five or six defensive packages and now really you have two yeah it's a big difference i gotta imagine in the mountain west too when you play air force one week and then san diego state the next week and then unlv you know you know just all the different variations of offense has got to be you you know you've got to have all kinds of different personnel you do and there's there's you know arizona is excuse me air force is their own animal um hawaii is their own animal and you saw what happened against against uh uh, yeah, Arizona last week, you know, and that's that's that wide open throw it, and UNLV's runs the heck out of the quarterback. So there's there's a lot of different schemes, and um, you know everybody. The bottom line, it goes back to you know he he who has the best players is most likely going to be victorious. So one thing I did notice in watching those two games is that while they were fun games, they weren't necessarily clean games. No doubt. Is that kind of bottom line? You're, whoever plays the cleanest usually wins in week one. You do all you can to just, and it, it is strenuous and it's stressful and everything else that comes with it to just to cover all those little things for the kids. And, you know, from, from substitutions to timeouts to sideline behavior to, you know, your culture as a football team, how you're going to handle adversity and when things come your way, let alone the scheme and the tackling and all the other stuff that comes with it. There's, uh, there's nothing like playing a game to definitely get better. However, um, you know, it's our job as coaches to just do everything we can to put them in those situations, those scenarios to be successful because it's, there's nothing worse if you walk out of a game and say, gosh, you, you know, we missed that. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's a tough place to live. That's Gary Anderson, head coach of the Utah State Aggies. Coming up next, you're going to hear from uh, some of the players. Also coming up a little bit later on, uh, you have a chance to ask some questions as well. I have the wireless mic. So if you have questions here at Wingers, we'd love for you to, uh, to, to let your voice be heard as well. Stop by, hang out with us here in the Cash Valley Mall. It's Wingers. Uh, coming up next, you'll hear from Jacoby Wildman and Taylor Compton next on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College.
Welcome on back. You're listening to the Utah State Coaches Show with Gary Anderson. Time for our player profile where we have a chance to catch up a couple members of this Utah State football team. Joining us now, Jacoby Wildman, also Taylor Compton. All right, so the first ever Coaches Show that I did two years ago, (laughs) Jacoby Wildman was our guest. Uh, and it's good to catch up with you again. How are you, man? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. So, what do you have? Your uh, are you a doctor now? I mean, all the schooling you've got. I mean, yeah, you've been uh, you're in the MBA program, right? Yes, sir. How's that going for it's, you? It's going good. I got one more semester after this one, so it's always nice when somebody pays for your uh, your MBA for you. I know, that? right? <laughs> take advantage of it. <laughs> how? Uh, so let's uh, we'll get Taylor. Uh, how about you? How's how are things going on your end on the offensive side? Doing pretty good. Yeah, we're excited to go. Have a really special quarterback, as you guys alluded to, and uh, excited to get back out there. I'm bad. How uh, how hard is it once you know you end the season on a great note? You win the bowl game, and then you have to shut it down for eight months. I mean. It's got you, you had to have missed getting back out there. Yeah, it's hard, but it's easy to go back to work. I mean, we had goals to, to win the Mountain West Championship and didn't do that. So for me personally and for I know for my position group and us on offense, it was easy to get back to work because we were very unsatis- unsatisfied and we wanted to get back out there and uh, achieve the goals that we'd set and still have those before us. So, Jacoby, what's, uh, what's the summer been like for you? You know, it's been a great building experience for all of us. Um, it's amazing to see the team out there and you can actually visually see the the teamwork and the, the leadership growing amongst the team, and, and that's been awesome to see. So what's the transition like for you uh, defensively with, uh, with the new staff and Coach Anna? You know, it's been great. It's, it's been awesome to work firsthand with Coach Anderson and Coach Boje and Coach Al. Um, their knowledge of the game is second to none, and it's been awesome to, to kind of get that message relayed to us. So. Yeah. Uh, Taylor, how about you? What's it, what's it been like on the offensive side? Uh, it's been amazing. Uh, Coach Samford uh, brings so much energy and passion to our side of the ball. Uh, smart guy, just knows knows what he's doing. It's so easy to, to go to work every day for him. And for me, uh, in my position with Coach Phillips, it's been a huge blessing as well. Uh, he's a pro's pro, uh, has been there and done that, and uh, has t- taught us so much and helped us get so much better, not only physically and doing things on the field, but having the right mindset and the mentality off the field and, and those intangibles that, that not everybody can teach. And I think he's brought that to our position group. that's helped us a lot. So you play with a little chip on your shoulder, knowing that you really had to work for everything that you've gotten to be able to be at this point right now. Yeah, um, that's how I've always approached this game. Always been a little undersized. Uh, started out, you know, as, as a walk-on. And uh, there's no free plays, nothing's given. And that's kind of my mentality. And even now and on scholarship or whatever happens, it's, it's the same mentality for me. Every play, you've got to play it like your last and take advantage of those opportunities because you never know when, you know, any play could be your last. So, What was it like when you finally got the word that you were getting that scholarship? It was just relief. Uh, it was just a culmination of a lot of hard work and dedication. And it was just cool to see uh, – those uh, those efforts being rewarded. Well, there's no doubt there's a lot of effort there. Coach, uh, talk a little bit about these guys and what you see from them and, and what they mean to the team. Well, uh, go way back with these boys, that's for sure. <laughs> so uh, they, they probably know more about me than anybody else on the whole football team, uh, except for, I don't know, probably probably anybody. Um, yeah, besides my wife, I guess. So. <laughs> but these two young men are, are leaders, tough-minded, um, they're what Utah State stands for. They're extremely proud of their school. Uh, you know, basically wanted to be Aggies from uh, the day they were born, I'm sure. And that when that came to uh, – gave the opportunity to be here was very important to them. But they're, they're just all year long from January until now, they're, they're consistent, they're tough-minded, they're workers. They just take care of their business. They accepted the change extremely well. And, you know, they, the team obviously looks up to them every single day. And we expect big things out of them. You know, now it's uh, – you know, a lot of times you sit – 
coaching's over at some point. Kids got to go make plays. And these two kids accept that opportunity. But what they do on the field, what they do off the field, and how they lead our kids is, is a special, special combination. And that's what Cash Valley's all about is these guys. Not just Cash Valley guys, Logan High guys too. Yeah. Sir, Grizzlies, right. go Grizz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually a funny story that I'm before I left my mission, he's the one that actually offered me my scholarship. Yeah. And one of the saddest days of my mission, I remember getting an email from this guy saying, you know, I'm, this, is, this is what we're doing, and, and I support him all the way, but it's fun to have him come full circle, come I back. Bet. Yeah. I bet. That's crazy. So what was that recruiting process like for Jacoby then? Well, uh, Coach Fab basically told me he could play, and um, so I obviously questioned that highly coming from Coach Fab. <laughs> so we had to do our homework and watch buckaloes of tape. So, no, you know, I had a chance to watch both these guys, and there was no doubt you wanted to find yeah. a way to get him into your program. Um, you know, the numbers fit, obviously, early, and uh, th- I never doubted that this one here was going to go on himself a scholarship. It was just a matter of time when he got up and got it done, and he did that. And So the recruiting process in Cache Valley is always, you know, it's fun. You want to try to keep the kids here and, and let them understand uh, why they should stay here. They should come and be part of it. And the challenge is, is they've seen some tremendous things happen since they've yeah. been here, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of really cool things happen. Um, and, and the transformation, getting into the Mountain West, moving along and doing all the things that they've done. Uh, but they'll they'll be part of that transformation forever and, and taking this place to where, you know, they want it to be and we all want it to be, which is consistently playing great late in the year. Um, and these boys are a perfect example of, the, the catalyst and I guess you would say the, the guts of what Utah State football is all about and, and athletics in general in my opinion. So Taylor when you're out there do you not only feel like that connection of representing Utah State but representing the Valley and representing you know Logan High School? Yeah it's a it's a big form of pride for me obviously growing up here I always wanted to be an Aggie like you guys alluded to and uh, yeah it's just a big, great sense of pride to where the U State I mean a lot of people from other places wanted to play other places but uh this is where i always wanted to play and like i said i take that uh i take that very seriously and don't take any play for granted and just love the opportunity to be up here and play for the aggies that i've always wanted to play for so so is it weird seeing uh coach Vivero kind of floating around the building a little bit <laughs> yeah it's funny we're it's, we're it's always it's, joking it's, around yeah it's been cool uh it's been cool seeing around it's kind of like deja vu it's kind of like high school flashbacks it's kind of weird but it's it's yeah. good we love having him around again what kind of role does he have with this team coach coach Vivero. well you know we've actually we've got him in a position now where he could be actively involved and do some coaching so yeah. um you know we didn't we didn't have really have the 10th coach at the beginning we had nine coaches and we were able to get an opportunity to get fab in that spot and um, kind of the reason for doing that was just to be able to stay creative and be able to stay on the cutting edge as far as getting the right people into the right spots to be able to help the kids so he's he's actively involved he'll be huge on game day he'll be up there right with coach Sanford and you know as far as making those decisions and situations when you get into it it's nice to have Coach Sanford and Coach Fab right there when they get into those two-minute scenarios, they get into those four-minute scenarios, and Coach Fab can keep a little bit ahead of that way. Mike calls the game. Those are big situations, and mm-hmm. you know, so he'll be up in the box, and uh, you know, I'll lean on him. Um, he's obviously a professional, and his care factor. I mean, he jumped in head first, and the guy is just—he's he's grinding every single day. And we all know he's a tremendous, not just a football mind, but he's extremely intelligent. And the kind of the analytics of the whole football thing, he loves, and I think that'll pay big dividends for us on game. Taylor, let's get a little bit more uh, background on you. Obviously, Logan High guy, local guy. Was playing for Utah State always the dream? You mentioned that's something you always wanted to do, huh? Yeah, I did. Uh, We struggled (laughs) when I was a kid growing up. There wasn't a lot of winning going on, but... uh, We we don't like to talk about (laughs) those times that much. (laughs) But, you know, we stayed true, and Coach A came, and uh, just... 
really turned everything around. I mean, I mean, for me personally, growing up as, Aggie, as an Aggie fan, seeing that, that change happen just meant so much to me, not only now being an Aggie player, but back then just being an Aggie fan. I mean, I'm the little kid that was in the stands and those same people that are at our games every day. I, I am that. I will continue to be that after I play football. And uh, it's just cool seeing, you know, like you guys have talked about how far our program's come. And we want to take it to new heights and continually move it in the right direction for sure. You know, it's a good point. And Jacoby, you can add to that too. I mean, the bar's been set high over the last, uh, you know, seven, eight years. I got to imagine from your perspective, you want to take it to another level. Yeah, just kind of back and tailor up. But the same thing, we, we have that vision and we're going to push every day to get there. Jacoby Wildman, Taylor Compton, kind enough to join us here on the uh, Utah State Coaches Show. Uh, we're live here at Wingers. We'd love for you to stop by. In fact, coming up in our next segment, we'll allow you to ask some questions and uh, let your thoughts be heard as we get ready for Wake Forest. So, Taylor, let's go back to you. What do you see out of Wake Forest? What do you anticipate uh, the game uh, game looking like on Friday? You know, they're a disciplined team. Uh, they run their schemes well. Uh, not overly complicated, but they run their schemes well. They're where they're supposed to be. Uh, they keep things in front, and they make you earn it. So we have to take care of the football on offense we have to do our job uh, can't get anxious can't get uh, um, uh, nervous out there if you know we're not moving the ball big chunk plays we just got to stay at it stay confident and and be consistent in that way because they uh, they don't get beat deep they're consistent they're disciplined and uh, they bring a lot of those things they, they got ACC athletes they're a big school and they'll present a great challenge for us but we're excited for it and excited to go out there and see where we're at because you know people ask you all summer you know how good are you guys going to be yeah and, you know, you never know until you go out there. So we're excited to see where we're at. So we uh, we sit back and we watch Jordan Love orchestrate this offense and just are in awe of what he's able to do as a quarterback. But you play with the guy. What's it like as a wide receiver playing with this quarterback? Oh, it's it's huge. I mean, the guy can make every throw. And as a receiver, we feel a great sense of ownership and responsibility for his success because that guy – can make every throw and he's making the right reads and he's always where putting the ball where it needs to be so a lot of times when <laughs> things aren't going well it's probably going to be on us you know so it's a great deal of ownership and pride that we have to take to help him and achieve his goals and and all the things that he's doing for us because we know he's going to take care of his job and he's one of the best in the country at doing it so it's up to us to to do our job for him as well what's it been like watching him evolve over the last couple of years you know people ask that a lot he's the same guy really? that's what i love about jordan love he uh when he was a redshirt freshman when I knew him to when he got the starting job to now the the Heisman contender that he is, he stayed the same guy. And it couldn't happen to a better person. Jordan Love is humble. He's grounded. He doesn't let things go to his head. He uh, goes back to work every day just like the rest of us and grinds with us and is right there with us, a true friend to everybody. Uh, everybody loves the guy and uh, couldn't couldn't happen to a better person. So. so I always want to be careful because I don't want you guys letting too much out of the bag from an X's and O's standpoint. But just from a pace standpoint, um, and, and I know you guys want to continue to play fast, uh, how – obviously that's going to continue this year, but but how much – if somebody walks up to the stadium, and you can be as general as you want here, yeah. and watches this team play, will they notice little small differences? Will it look the same? How is it going to look from your perspective? I mean, from – I don't know what it's going to look from an outside perspective, but all I know is uh, we're going to continue to do the things that have – Help, uh, helped us have success. We're going to try and put pace on the ball, line up fast, and, and do the best we can there. But also, like Coach A referred to, we're going to 
we're going to call plays for the success of our offense. Yeah. Uh, whatever that may, whatever tempo or formation or whatever style of play that may be, whether it's we like a snow game or windy and we need to run the ball, things like that, we're going to do what we can to win. And uh, we have full confidence in Coach Sanford and his game plan and what he's doing to make sure that happens, whatever, whatever that looks like. How much fun is it to play in this offense? It's a lot of fun, uh, especially for a guy catching balls. Uh, there's a lot of balls to be caught, a lot of opportunities uh, to go out and make great blocks for the running backs. We have electric running backs, and it's you know they get by the second level a lot. So it's your block that can spring him for that for that long touchdown run, and it's exciting. Jacoby, when you're up against this offense in practice every day, how much does that make you better when you, when you have to go up against this high high powered offense? I mean, just backing up everything Taylor just said, we're playing with an elite quarterback um, coming off the edge. It's 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 fun. It's a fun time, and it, it makes every, all of us better each and every day. Uh, when they go with pace and, and Wake Forest, uh, I know they started out going fast last year. They slowed it a little bit down when they had some quarterbacks going back and forth last year. Do you anticipate that they'll that they'll try to go fast? Yes, we do. And so you're prepared for that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every day, every day we see that, and it's not going to be something different to us. So, uh, what do you, what else? What do you see out of their quarterback? Um, good player. Um, We've been harping all week on we just need to do our 111th. Yeah. We need to be where we're supposed to be, and if we're where we're supposed to be, um, nothing can hurt us. We're, we're working as a team, and, and that's what we've been harping on all week. That's Jacoby Wildman, also Taylor Compton, live here at Wingers. All right, so to get the season started, what's it like for you? I mean, you, you've been doing this a while, Jacoby. Do you still get the butterflies? Coach mentioned he still gets them. What's it like from a player's perspective? Yes, very much so. I get the butterflies every game. Um, regardless first game 12th yeah. game doesn't matter yeah, huh? every time every time it's it, it, it's a great feeling and kind of back to what taylor was saying about playing in front of the home crowd it's that's that's who we play for that's we do it for our families and it's it's an amazing feeling taylor there's a lot of guys saying oh you guys lost a lot on offense there's uh th- this offense may take a step backwards what's your response to that when you hear that uh, we'll have to see. Game one, like I said, uh, people can say what they want on the outside. Uh, we got some shoes to fill, and I'm confident in, in our group. You know, Coach A talked about C.O.C. Uh, Mariner and Caleb Rep, some new guys that have come in and, and really helped us and bulked up in those positions, uh, those skill positions, and uh, we're excited to go see what we can do. So, What are people going to see when they watch C.O.C. Mariner out there on the, on the field? An explosive player, yeah. uh, special player, talented, gifted, uh, amazing mindset, comes to work every day, and me personally. I'm excited to watch watch him go ball. Well, gentlemen, uh, we're excited to see it coming up. Uh, in fact, just two days from right now, you'll be about near the end of the first quarter uh, against Wake Forest. Good luck and look forward to catching up with you guys again soon. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you so much. All right, take a break. Come back. Get ready. You get a chance to ask questions. Coach, coming up next on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Gary Anderson Coaches Show here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. We're live here at uh, Wingers in the Cache Valley Mall. Come on down here. First opened in 93, but a brand new location here. A beautiful facility. Please stop by. All kinds of great deals going on right now. And remember, they got uh, those four amazing uh, Wingers uh, proprietary beers, uh, 20 beers on draft. It's a great place to come by and watch a game. we got some preseason football going on, so come down and uh, let's have some fun down here at Wingers. All right, so part of every show, uh, Ajay takes the wireless mic. We'll walk around, and if you've got a question from Coach, just raise your hand, and we'd love to hear from you. So you got a question for Coach, uh, let your voice be heard, and we will uh, we'll let you ask Coach a question. Until then, though, 
Uh, let's talk a little bit about Wake Forest. Uh, we heard you from Jacoby and Taylor. What do you see out of this team when you look at them on film? Well, I see a, a very well-coached team, first of all, with uh, you know a lot of ACC talent. And uh, if you just break them down a little bit on offense, the offensive line is big, physical. They return a tackle, uh, offensive tackle at the left side that injured his knee last year. He's back. I think he's an NFL player. Um, you know, So they got three of the five starters there. Uh, a backup running back a year ago who really was a one-two punch with the young man that, led him, that left and was uh, graduated, but he's a tremendous player. They got uh, a lot of length at the wide receiver position. Those kids have made plays. The quarterback is big, strong, physical. Uh, he loves to run, and he loves to run you over. You know, that's the one thing about this kid is he's he'll, he'll run the football, but he'll run the football with a physical demeanor, and that is a, that is a concern with the way he runs the football because he's so long. He's, you know, 6'4", 6'3 half, whatever he may be, and he's 200. I've heard between 230, I've heard all the way up to 245 pounds, so he's a big kid. Um, you know, the defensive side of the ball, uh, well-coached, nice scheme well-structured within their talent level as far as what they ask their kids to do. Um, they're very physical, and, you know, this team wants to get physical with you. And yeah. that's going to be a big challenge for our guys is we get we're, we're, we want to get physical with them too. So we're going to know at the end of the day, if we come out of that game and, you know, we were physical with them and it was a nice physical battle, I, I believe you can stand up with most people anywhere because this is a physical football team that plays in the ACC week in and week out. Um, and, you know, they're well-coached on the special team side of the ball. Uh, I believe we're very well-coached on the special team side of the ball so that'll that'll be a battle but uh, to win this game you've got to take care of the football you got to get the thing in a position to be able to play well in the fourth quarter um, and then you, you know just it's simple to say you just have to make plays but in game one it's so apparent to you have to make those plays when opportunity presents itself and get some chunk plays on offense and get some negative plays on the defensive side of the ball if we can do that you know I think we'll have a great opportunity to play well we were out there a couple of years ago, and it's not a huge stadium. It's about this, you know, maybe just a hair bigger than uh, than Maverick. Uh, seats 31,000, but it got loud. It's, you know, and, and it's a night game and the first game. I imagine they'll have a good crowd out there, and it'll be fun to see how you guys respond with a little ad- adversity on the road. It will be. You know, and adversity is a big word we talk about all the time, but game one, there will be a little adversity for sure. Um, you know, these guys have won three of the last four games. They got to hydrate right now. If we cramp, it's our own fault. It's our own fault as coaches and trainers and everybody in the weight room guys and the young men that, that cramp if they cramp they're, they're not prepared and so they know where they sit today and all those things for young players are so important as they walk into this game but the biggest thing is when all of a sudden it's time to go out there and play clear your mind and go play because you whether you've played 15 games and started in college football or you haven't played any you've played games at this point and they're, they're prepared for that opportunity and they're playing against a good opponent um, it'll be very interesting to see how you know how we travel all the stuff that comes with it. it'll be a great learning experience and hopefully that comes with a W. And, uh, of course, night game, too, on the ACC Network. And I know a lot of people are trying to find it right now. But yeah, me too. I can't. <laughs> I, I've done my best. If you got Dish, you're in trouble. DirecTV, I think it's on there. But uh, there, there's some people trying to scramble to find this yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, but but a night game, do you like that as a first game? Or does that even matter to you? Yeah, it doesn't matter. The thing that matters is, you know, if we were going to play a day game um, and we're flying across the country in these situations, I really don't like them. Um, yeah. I don't like going over their first game of the year. I think it puts our kids in a, in a huge huge issue um, initially and you know going over and dealing with the humidity and all the things that come with it I don't like it in general um, but it is what it is you got to go play the games that are on the schedule and you go with it uh, but the fact that this one's at night or in the day I'd rather have it in the night um, but you know people from over there they come over here and then they got to deal with the mountains we go over there we got to deal with the heat, heat and the humidity and you know I'd, I'd personally I'd rather stay in the Pac-12 and play and I don't think this Utah State now I don't think we're in a position where we have to go chase football games right yeah. I mean we don't yeah. have to go play you know all 
all these games and fly over here to get this great big giant check rather than get I get it let's get a check but why do we have to go get this great big giant check that's the Utah State of you know 12 15 years ago just to me that's my own philosophy so you asked me the question so I gave you my answer so would you in a perfect world would you would you want to start maybe with that FCS opponent um, either way, I would rather stay, if we start with somebody that's uh, you know uh, in the Pac-12 and we'll play a Pac-12 yeah. team, play an FCS team. We're going to play BYU, play another team that's on our same level. Wherever you go, find those people at. Go find a, a Northern Illinois. Go find a, you know whoever those are going to be. Um, and those should be you know your four non-conference games because you know you're going to get BYU every year. You're going to get FCS. Yeah. You're going to go get a big game, and you're going to find another one that's within your deal. So you don't need to go chase two of those games. That's in, in my opinion. I, I don't think we. We need that to be able to survive as a program. And scheduling is important. It matters, especially when you flip the schedule upside down from where you were a year ago. And no disrespect to any other teams, but let's just take a look. When you're on this side of the schedule, just by records alone, no one can look and say it's not a battle, right? Yeah. You're going to play some teams that are expecting to be very, very good as you go through there. And so all that considered, I think you have to be really, really smart the way you schedule your non-conference games. Unless you're just going out and saying, hey, we have to survive as a program. We've got to get as much money as we can for those two games. That's, that's not where Utah State lives yeah. today. We don't need to play like that, I don't think. You know, uh, I interviewed you, Jesus was like 10, 12 years ago, and I remember you, you dropped a quote on me, and I've stolen it from you, and I've used it a bunch of times, where you said, your head doesn't hit the pillow at night without thinking about recruiting. No. Is that still the case? Absolutely. Yeah, we just keep, keep recruiting every single day. And, you know, we've, we've continually found guys through this camp, right? And yep. we may have another young man that's going to join us here in the next couple of days. And when you find good players, you do everything you can to functionally structure your class to give your people an opportunity to be able to recruit and be able to stabilize your program for years to come. And that's these 50 new kids that we've brought in this year, potentially 51 new kids that we'll bring in this year now, will give us an opportunity I think to stabilize our group so in other words you don't want to go through a time where you lose your top six wide receivers you, yeah. you try can it happen absolutely yes it can happen you never know with injuries and red shirts and all the stuff that comes with it but you want to do your best now for instance for this year right now because we've done that we not to get too complicated but we get 25 initials every single year we can sign 25 kids we have five of those initials left right now because we pushed a lot of those initials forward for this yeah. year but yeah. there's a bunch of kids we wouldn't have in this program that wouldn't be with us now wouldn't be with us in January wouldn't be with us in the spring and we've actually structurally got that thing back to where it gives us an opportunity to be able to you know at least stabilize those big shots that you're taking in those position groups and it, can I guarantee it doesn't happen no but it's my job wholly my job to make sure that I stabilize that as much as I can to give the kids the best opportunity to have quality players at each position and you throw missions in there and that's another yeah. tangled web we weave so you know it, it's interesting because when you uh, when you get out of you know out of sorts a little bit like when you lose your entire offensive line then you, you start chasing and going jc's and then you're continually chasing i gotta yeah. imagine you don't always want to chase right and that's yeah. such a great example of what you know we we decided we're all in this year with the offensive line and said we're gonna we're gonna go with these kids and and i believe it was a great decision you know it's going to be a telltale over the next six seven weeks eight weeks as we go through the year to see how they continue to develop but you if you just go out and say okay we're gonna sign three jc offensive linemen well the fact of the matter is the productivity of really at the end of the day of jc offensive linemen has not been high in our careers it just hasn't been it's different at different positions so yeah. um, you know we stayed there and you know you have five spots left so now you look at yourself and say you've got five spots left 
we believe we're going to have some transfer players that are going to be highly successful. Last year, the green kid was highly successful as a wide receiver. Yep. So we should be in our recruiting department in the next couple of months here, next couple of weeks here. Let's push and say, hey, if you're a grad transfer, looks like to me this is a pretty good place to go, yep. whether you have one year left or two year left. And so now you're going to take three of those spots to make difference makers at the grad position. Now you have two guys to sign. So we can have the smallest signing class in the history of college yeah. football. <laughs> so you play those games and you go through it. And, that, that February uh, party isn't going to be much of a yeah, party. Yeah, we might save a lot of money in recruiting, too. Who knows? You <laughs> have to see what happens. You know, but the other element, too, is that I, I think that you've developed a culture here over the years that where guys know that whether they're coming as a freshman or coming as a, as a graduate transfer, that this is a place where you're, they're going to take care of, the kids are going to get taken care of. And that's so important. You know, we're, our, we talk about it all the time and I pound the table to our staff and we may not have that power five tag to us, but regardless of how many games we win, how many games we lose, we will treat our kids like they're in a power five football program. And we as a staff know that. There's differences in power five football programs as far as how the kids are treated and things they get, but the core is not. It's, yeah. it's the, the people that are in the weight room in the training room the people that are there for academics they're beyond football program how they're going to be prepared for life after football all those things are so important as you go through time if you want to say that yes we don't have the tag to be a power five football program in our conference but our kids are treated like a power five football program we'll recruit that way and we'll show them and taking care of kids if, if we're not going to do that then you know uh, those coaches aren't going to be here um, that's the number one priority for us is to make sure that in good and bad and happy days the best days the worst days we're going to be there for those kids and um, we don't tell them always what they want to hear yeah. but we're obviously honest with them and we challenge them mightily to make sure that they're moving forward as uh, growing from young men to men and that's that's the most important part of our job at the end of the day the football thing is awesome and it's fun but it's taking care of those kids and making sure that uh, you know they, they understand what being part of Aggie Nation, living in Cache Valley and playing sports or any athlete, football, whatever it may be, uh, in Cache Valley is a special opportunity. What's life like navigating the portal now that you've got about a year of it under your belt? Ask Keegan, my kid. He has to go through it every single day. Got to stare there, at that thing look, every day. Look who's in there and see what's there. And you know, first of all, on our side of the portal with kids, we just want to make sure that our kids feel that they can come and talk to us about it, right? Because yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, let's just throw it out that we have five quarterbacks on scholarship, right? You can have five quarterbacks on scholarship if. if if all of a sudden Jordan stays here and all goes well, you're going to have five quarterbacks on scholarship next year? Nope, nope. it's not happening. Yeah. So that's just, I hope it does, but we're prepared to talk to those kids. We're come in and talk to us. Let's sit down and discuss it. If you're unhappy or you don't see yourself here or whatever, let's talk about why or whatever it is. And I think that's really important for all position coaches to understand and for myself to understand because we will have to have those discussions at some point. On the flip side of that, we're always going to look. Now, we do understand just because a kid's a good, good football player or he was highly productive somewhere does not mean he's a fit for us it doesn't have it's not just oh we caught you know 72 balls and caught 13 touches or he had you know uh five five picks as a corner whatever it's not we will take that information but then we'll put those those transfers through our process just like we always do to make sure that they are a fit for us even though they only may be here for six months we have to make sure that they fit our culture and cash valley's culture is way more important than recruiting a good football player Got a uh, text coming in from a listener, and uh, we only have about a minute and a half left, but wanted to know how come uh, uh, as uh, your evaluation of your special teams. Feel pretty good about love Obviously, them. Everly, yeah. but, uh, yeah. but Dalton Baker back there. Yeah, Dalton, um, Eb, I love it. Um, I think the Coach Collins does a tremendous job, and I've said it. And I know we have a minute left, but I'll just say this. I, Aaron Dalton, I, by the way, not yeah, Dalton Aaron, Baker. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Um, 
I absolutely expect our special teams to put us in a position to win games when we need them. And we'll be solid, I believe, in all three phases. We spent a bunch of time on it. Coach Collins does a tremendous job. But the specialists as a whole, from a snapper to a kicker to a punter to a holder, those guys are, are top-notch. And you put it on the, uh, you know, I'm going to say it, the 17-yard line right hash to go win a game. You know, we need to win one of those big games on that 17-yard line right hash. And we've lost a couple big ones there. So let's find a way to get that done. I don't know what you're referencing at all, but... <laughs> Coach, fun show. Thank Thanks, you so man. much. Appreciate it. All right. Remember, okay, pre- go Aggies. pregame show begins Friday at 5 o'clock. Kickoff at 6 o'clock. It's Aggie football, and it's back right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. On the Aggie Sports Network, this has been the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Gary Anderson. Brought to you by Ford. Go further. Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Wingers. They're freaking amazing. And by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Driven by you. The proceeding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Aggie Sports Network.